So, Stephanie, I have a story for you. <laughs> I love story time. Do go on. Um, I saw the most amazing fucking t-shirt I've ever seen in my fucking life. Oh? So I immediately messaged you and was like, holy shit, what's your fucking you know, t-shirt size? Yeah, is that when you, you, well, no, you asked me what my t-shirt size was and I asked you with or without tits. And <laughs> because the size that fits my body and mm-hmm. the size that fits my body plus its irremovable appendages uh, are two different shirt sizes. Yeah, uh-huh. so, um, and that confused me because I was like, oh, they're detachable? Who knew? God, the time. I wish. Oh my God. <laughs> if I could just hang them up on a hook, <laughs> like at, when I go to bed, that would be amazing. Yeah, so anyway, I, I won't you tell saying. you what the shirt is because I went into uh, the, sh- I, w- I went to the store and I looked for the sizes for you and me and they had, uh-huh. the, the, the biggest shirt size they had was fucking small. What? That was, was this not- a children's shirt, baby? No. Okay. Absolutely. No, I mean, they had children's sizes too, but that was uh, adult small was the biggest size they had. Well, you could get me the children's size one and I'll use it as a hand puppet. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I asked the lady at the store, I was like, do you have a shirt similar to this? And she's like, no, we don't. But we have this other new shirt that's really good. And it's mm. a Spider-Man shirt. Oh. And, and I take a look at it and there are, there are webbings. On the most unfortunate places. (laughs) (laughs) Your body would be projecting webbing. Yeah. Let's just say. Let's just say. Would I be lactating webs? Essentially. Yeah. So I elected not to get that. Marvel-related Disneyland story. I'm now fucking 40. <laughs> well, congratulations. And, yeah, and the 40-year-oldness is kicked in real quick because I got a cold, <laughs> you know, and my asthma's like, Wah! so just to warn everybody, you know, I'm if I randomly cough or sound like crap, that's why. Yeah, but I'm happy I, to be here. If there's any phlegm-related noises coming out of you that I don't catch, that's uh, that's your fault. So, I mean, it, it could it could be you know they've been dealing with my arboreal bukkake side effects for a while now. They can handle <laughs> it from you too. It'll be okay. Our audience is tough, right, guys? They're tough. See, just like that. Uh- <laughs> yeah, our audience is tough, but our TikTok watchers not so much. Apparently, <laughs> I, I've noticed Wait, a few meltdowns on the Marvelous Divas TikTok when you suggest that women are. Oh, uh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we've had we've had a few <laughs> conversations, as it were, um, about you know the existence of women in the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and is that even allowed? Who let them in here? What is How going on? Fucking dare they? Yeah, I know. People that present as female infuriate me. Is essentially the conversation that I'm hearing. Can from you, certain can you just imagine how horrible it's going to be when Doctor Strange comes out and? You know, Wanda's allowed to be cool. I can't wait. Oh, I heard I heard an amazing point, though, the other day. Let's see if I can actually articulate it. So um, they were talking about the, the presentation of strong women. And like any time that, uh, God, I wish I could remember who, because it was a TikTok, obviously, because that's where all 
of my insights come from now. I live on TikTok. Um, yeah, I, I, I just assume you do nothing but TikTok now. Yeah, that's children schmildren. <laughs> um, but no, I, I can't remember who posted it. But somebody pointed out that um, anytime that a strong female character, TM, is presented in a piece of nerdy media uh, and that character is not presented for the male gaze, like Ray Skywalker is not presented for the male gaze. She's not in a bikini, a gold bikini at any point in any of her movies. She's just living her damn life. Right. And and not in a way that is meant to be aesthetically pleasing to cis headmen. And anytime you get one of those characters, uh, that character is hated on. And then when you're like, dudes, why you're hating on this character, you're being misogynistic. They say, I'm not a misogynist. I like Leia. Right. Or I like Ahsoka. Or I like some other female character that has at some point either existed solely in service of a male character or has been scantily clad and presented for the male gaze. At some point. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, who's the Marvel equivalent of that? Like, in terms um, of, like, well, I like this character. They like Black Widow. Mm. They say, I, I can't, I'm not a misogynist, I like Black Widow. Yeah, well, she spent, like, the first three outings in the MCU being the bombshell. Yeah. Walking around in a UTI-inducing skin-tight black suit. <laughs> I don't know that it actually did. I just know that my labia fled northward at the sight of oh how tight God. that was. Okay? <laughs> That's not... A, it, there's no way it could breathe. There's no way that wasn't super tight. I'm just saying she... Wait, yeah, oh. lab- labias can retract like balls? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. They I... they have they don't have an extensive range of motion, but they they can they have involuntary movements and reactions to things. Yes. Huh. Learn something new every day. The more you know. <laughs> anyway, moving it on back, bringing it on back. So yeah, Black Widow is usually the retort. You know, I'm not a misogynist for hating on Wanda. I like Black Widow. Well, because she's sexy. I mean, yeah. Because she, well, yeah, she is. But because she was deliberately, particularly in her first in Iron Man 2, uh, she was deliberately presented as a femme fatale sexual mm-hmm. object. And so the point that was made was a, a strong female character, because they are strong female characters. They are just like in Ahsoka's case in Star Wars, she exists to support Anakin Skywalker's story up to mm-hmm. a certain point. And then when she branched off and left the Jedi Order and dis- I'm going into Star Wars, I'm sorry, I'm going to bring it back in. Anyway, when she branched off and was no longer supporting a male character, they hated her. Bringing it back to Marvel. Okay. Um, so <laughs> they, like a, they like a strong female character that's presented for the male gaze. And it was pointed out... The, these fanboys who hate these strong female characters who are not designed for the male gaze, they like the strong female characters that have been sexually objectified at some point because they like a strong female character that they can imagine breaking. Wow. Yeah, you're right. I agree. Boom. So that yeah. blew my mind and recalibrated a lot about how I think about the fandom. I used to kind of pity the misogynists in the fandom, but that idea, fuck pity. <laughs> i got no pity no nope no no, okay. no quarter no quarter so speaking of strong female characters do we want to introduce a show yeah we're gonna talk where about- we talk about peggy fucking carter <laughs> yeah let's talk about blacklist i mean agent carter <laughs> shut up <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm right of course you're right god okay anyway um i'm gonna intro the show now so we can actually get into that discussion are you ready okay Right. I'm already ready already. Here we go. Okay. 
Hey everybody, welcome back to Marvelous Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Stephanie, I'm the woman half of the show, and I apparently have no pity. <laughs> you introed, holy shit, hey. let's take a moment and celebrate that. Hey everybody. No, I hate you. <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm Chris. I am that homosexual Sousa sexual. Oh uh, yeah. Right? And <laughs> Stephanie mm. Leviathan is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Given how many tentacles the Leviathan is reputed to have, that's uh Hey, if you're into that kind of thing, you know. I mean, look, I'm not trying to yuck anybody's yum. Cause it might be my yum. Oh my. <laughs> Are we oversharing with the podcast today? Awesome. <laughs> Stephanie watches hentai, y'all. So just yeah. l- just to let you know. What? It's good stuff. <laughs> hentai divas coming at you <laughs> in the summer of 2020. From every direction. From every direction. <laughs> God. Okay. So uh, if you're still listening and you have been listening <laughs> to our please, podcast. I hope so. <laughs> to this point, then you know that what we are doing on this show is we are watching through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe in chronological order, which means we started with Captain America, the first Avenger, and today we find ourselves deep, deep into Agent Carter, the series immediately following that movie. And today we will be talking about season one, episode seven, Snafu. Snafu. And uh, so last time I had to do a deep dive into the what the fuck the title of the episode meant, A Sin to Air. Uh, this time I didn't, you know, weirdly enough, did not need to Google it. No. Because SNAFU, for anybody who maybe doesn't catch the reference, uh, is an acronym for Situation Normal All Fucked Up. Yep. And I feel like that is one of the most accurate episode titles we've had yet. Absolutely. I mean, this this episode was fucking weird. and It and was a insane. wild ride, and I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Speaking my language. Anyway, do you have a previously on? I do, but before we jump in oh. there, hey, Stephanie, I got uh, somebody argue with me about this show being a mid-season pickup, so let's do a really quick review. Oh, yeah. oh. and thank you for interrupting me, because I also have something that I need to... Address, but okay. Address, but yeah. Mine's really quick. Go ahead. Talk uh, about what what month of the up. year do new television shows generally start? I don't know why you think I know that information. If it's a fall season show, which is generally when most shows start, what month does it start in? I don't know, bitch. In the fall. Yeah, in well, let's say September. Sure. Or August. Uh, is January part of fall? No, it's winter. Right, and so if a show starts in January, like say Agent Carter. What does that tell you? That's the middle of the season. It's the middle of season pickup. Come on, people. It's, you can Google this yourself. Come Give on, me a break. people now. Anyway. Smile that's, on you, brother. That's, that's my soapbox. Everybody <laughs> get together. Okay. Um, so we did have, real quick, um, a uh, somebody pointed out to us a, a quick correction, which I very much appreciate. Uh, a TikTok user by the name of SJ Hirsch pointed out, that last episode, when Dottie Underwood used a dentist drill to murder a man, that is a ding on the Peggy Carter impromptu weaponry counter. Uh, that's a good point. Yep. That's a good point. There we go. Okay. Do you have I, a The problem is I was cheering when that was happening, so I wasn't well, thinking about I it. I cheer for every <laughs> impromptu weapon, uh, but yes, absolutely. So, previously on Agent Carter. Right. A- Agent Carter captured. 
The SSR has captured Peggy after a daring chase through the women's hotel in New York while Dr. <laughs> Walsh... <laughs> While Dr. Mchenko waits in the SSR to steal Howard Stark's bad babies. What could mm-hmm. Leviathan be after? How is Peggy going to get out of this? And where's Dottie? Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, uh, real quick note. Uh, we do have uh, another new director and writer uh, for this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director is Victor Missiano. Mm-hmm. Victor Missiano has directed 11 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So ABC loves him. Mm-hmm. Uh, five episodes of The West Wing from back in the day. One and one of them happened to be my favorite ones. There you go. Mm-hmm. And two episodes of yes, The Blacklist, and it shows. <laughs> yep. Look, I love the Blacklist style. I love the Blacklist pacing. Uh, so it worked for me. Okay, I, I, you know, I love the Blacklist. Yeah. Always trust Raymond Reddington. <laughs> okay okay but, but i imagine uh, you will have further critique about it as it applies to this you know show. it's not that big of a deal to be honest because i actually did love this episode is it my right. favorite no um oh. i did think it was cool that like a lot of this episode happens in one set like the same set which right. is the ssr office mm-hmm. um but i don't know the, the more grotesque parts did feel like blacklist to me yeah you know especially the very end but uh <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we will get to it yeah but yeah um, okay that's it it's just inconsistent again it's the inconsistency issue yeah yeah it, and it is an issue but it's going to start evening out after we get out of the season um which we only have this is this is the last episode but before the finale which there's one my more mind. episode one more episode in this season yeah that's crazy that's why shit's moving so fast okay okay the writer for this episode is chris dinges i'm guessing i'm guessing on the pronunciation. I, couldn't, I couldn't figure it out okay uh he will direct to direct excuse me he will write two more episodes of agent carter uh also wrote multiple episodes of agent agents of shield being human and doom patrol have you uh, watched doom patrol i finally did over the weekend. oh my god that, that show is so fucking wrong i had no idea <laughs> <laughs> it is so it is the invader zim of the dc universe absolutely i love it if i could get brendan fraser saying i'm sorry brendan fraser it is that's how it's pronounced saying what the fuck just on a loop that would be great. <laughs> God, he's awesome. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So, are we ready to get into the episode itself? Let's do it. All right. We start with yet another flashback to Russia. Yeah. yeah. This time, it's going to be kind of really fucked up. So, we see the doctor. Mm-hmm. Who we know as Dr. Ivchenko, but is he being referred to as Dr. Ivchenko? No, this time he's referred to as Dr. Faustus. Is that Dr. right? Dr. Fenhoff. Fenhoff? Oh, right. Dr. Fenhoff, who is actually a comic book character named mm-hmm. Dr. Faustus. Would you like oh. to know about Dr. Faustus? Do tell. Okay, Steph, before I actually talk to you about him, I'm going to share a picture. Oh. And oh. oh, no. We, we're Where are discuss- you sharing this? Uh, Facebook. Okay. And what a trad... I mean, the, doc- the actor who's doing the doctor is fine. He's fine, but... I wanted oh, that man. Wait, what? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm. That's I'm, what. <laughs> I'm moist. <laughs> uh, dear listeners, Chris has sent me a picture of a a, a very dapper, thick bodied man in a pinstripe suit with a full head of glorious red hair and a beard, and uh, I'm here for all of it. 
I'm sure he's evil and wrong and terrible, but I'm here for that. I, I'm sure he is. <laughs> anyway, this uh, this character made his first appearance in Captain America number 107, which debuted mm-hmm. November 1968. He chose oh. to fuck with Captain America by manipulating his mind. But once oh, Captain no. America... yeah. Once Captain America figured that shit out, uh, it turns out Dr. Faustus is not good in a fist fight at all. <laughs> Captain America Look, quickly whipped his ass. Strength was his dump stat, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So we see, um, but um, much, uh, I, f- I did find a reference in the comic book. He, the character was reading a transcript of the play, The Tragical History of Dr. Faustus. Ooh, okay. Which we also see in the show. Him reading something similar. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I think they had to shorten the title because it was on a prop that people needed to actually be able to read. And the tragical history of the... That's a lot of words. Would you like to know about the play, Stephanie? No. No. I would not, <laughs> I would not like to know about the play unless it's relevant to what we're going to talk about today. I mean, absolutely not. But, I, okay. I it, you know, the classic, the Faustian story of a, of a brilliant a man making a deal with the devil yeah. and becoming a necromancer. Like you do. Okay, like you do. As but, one does. But the comic book character was associated with Hydra. In fact, he mm. had partnered with Red Skull, which is why he fucked with Captain America in the first place. Mm. So it's kind of interesting that like we have a Hydra character working for Leviathan instead in the, yeah. in, in the MCU. I feel like Leviathan is the Hydra of this series, though. Like Hydra right. is not going to make an appearance in this season. So. Oh, okay. I was yeah. I, I, that was a question I had for you. It's like, do they show up in season two, or is this just going to be all Leviathan all the time? <laughs> it's it's all Leviathan all the time. Okay, Leviathan's cool. the baddie, um, and I think that's good because we really don't need to crowd the playing field with bad guys when we have the one hero who is not even super powered. Oh, she's super powered in my mind. <laughs> Her superpowers are very super. Okay, so uh, thank you for that information. Is there any further information on Dr. Fenhoff slash Faustus? Uh, that's all I'm going to get into because, you know, Lord knows I'm going to get corrected if I get too deep oh, into yeah, the comic right? book stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm not a comic book person, y'all. Just a reminder. Just a quick yeah, reminder. We're going to get stuff wrong sometimes. Please feel free to correct us. And we will feel free to mock you, but we appreciate the corrections and we'll repeat them on the air. Okay. Sure. So here we have uh, Dr. Fenhoff. This is Russian 1943. He is clearly uh, at a a, a hospital camp in the Russian war zone in the mm-hmm. Soviet front. Uh, and the, the one of the surgeons is calling him in because they are literally out of anesthetic. Yep. They have none. And he's got a boy whose leg has gone gangrenous and needs to be taken off, but they can't knock him out. So he's like, hey, doc, I heard that you have a way to take the man's mind away from his pain. So can you basically hypnotize him so that we can cut his leg off? And yeah. look, the situation with them being out of anesthetic is legit. It, it happened. It happened all over the place in the World War II. Right, but it was so much worse on the Soviet front oh, because yeah. their casualties were astronomical. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't even begin to compare. Like in the U.S., the total estimated casualties of U.S. Um, military and and civilians in proximity to military operations was about 419,000, which is a lot. Uh, that yeah. is a lot. However, in the Soviet Union, their total casualties is over 20 million. Mm-hmm. That is 50 times as many. So, yeah, yeah, they ran out of medicine because there were so many people, so many wounded people, so many bodies on the ground. So that's legit. Um, but I'm like... Surely, surely he cannot hypnotize a man so thoroughly that he doesn't feel the pain of his leg being amputated. And yet, 
He does. <laughs> he has a powerful ring, Steph. It, he has a very powerful technique where he just talks to the guy and he's like, hey, take me back to the, uh, your life, your life before this. And we have a sweet little scene where the guy's playing chess with his mom or whatever. Yeah. The point is, he his abilities to hypnotize are very powerful. Yeah, and that's the point they were trying to make. This this, yeah. this kid was able to, you know, just sit there with a smile on his face while his fucking leg was getting sawed off. And I did not need to see that. Yeah, that was creepy as fuck. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so then we bounce to three years later. There's... Uh, Fenhoff or Ivchenko, uh, and he is observing Peggy's interrogation. Which I'm like, why are they letting him watch? You're not the only one. Thompson's wondering why the hell he's in there watching too. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway. Here we are, um, by the way, liking Thompson. Ugh. I, yeah. What happened? What happened? Yeah. And it kept, it got worse and worse over know, the course of this episode. Oh. So. It's Sousa that's in the interrogation room with Peggy right now. And I don't, I loved this interrogation scene. I, uh, this is definitely one of my favorite sequences in the entire show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sousa is wearing his heartbreak on his sleeve. Oh my God. He is big, big mad. He is hurt and he is heartbroken about Peggy's betrayal. Yeah. And, and it's, it shows. And congratulations, Enver Jokai, for breaking my heart. Along with you, with right? your big brown I felt, eyes. I felt so bad, and it just kept, like, Peggy just kept getting more angry, and she right. kept throwing it back in his face, mm-hmm. and it just escalated from there. And goddamn, yeah. Peggy. Goddamn. Yeah, yeah. And at one point, like, because he's just sort of interrogating her, but the point at which it turns, and you realize there's some real pain and some real acid in what he's throwing at her, uh, is when he's like, he he's like, you know, you got, you got Krasminski killed. And she says, You honestly think I killed Agent Krasminski? I mourned him with the rest of you. Yeah, I attended that performance. Oh. Oh. Ouch. Oh, no, sir. Just brutal. (laughs) Anyway, Peggy keeps repeating over and over, You are wasting your time with me. You need to go find Dottie. (laughs) She's out there. She's a fucking problem. Yeah. Meanwhile, Ivchenko's in the observation room with Dooley, and he's like, she's amazing. She's a pathological liar, like doing everything he can to undermine Peggy because she's exactly correct. Yeah, because he's hearing he's hearing Peggy basically figuring out their plot or starting to figure it out. And he needs to he needs to to nip that shit in the bud. Um, So, yeah, Thompson jumps in uh, to the little side room behind the mirror where Dooley and Ivchenko are to let Dooley know that uh, Agent Yauk is dead. He got hit by a truck. Yeah. Outside of a bar. Mysterious. Yeah. Mm, Weird. Mm. Uh, And also, what the fuck is Ivchenko doing here? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And Dooley's like, no, no, he can stay. And Ivchenko's like, no, no, I do not want to cause problem. And he leaves. Anyway. <laughs> but the best part about this sequence was the way they wove together the three agents interrogating Peggy. Yeah, and they all kind of they all kind of take different classical styles of interrogation that you see in like movies. Like right. you know, Sue's is clearly the angry one, which is kind of mm-hmm. weird, you know, because he he's been the sympathetic character this whole season. Right, but that's why. It's because he she was his friend and he has a crush on her and and this is a betrayal that cut him deep and now he's angry. Yeah. So like, ugh. But yeah, Susa's the angry one. Thompson's confused. Yeah, he's being somewhat sympathetic. Because uh, mm-hmm. he's like he said, he's seen Peggy. He says he's seen Peggy in action. She saved his fucking life. That yeah, you know, he um, knows that she's a hero. He's like, this does not add up. You got to tell me what's going on. Yeah, and then Chief is trying to do the pseudo good cop thing, where he's trying to allude to the fact that 
you know, he was starting to see that there were different avenues to Howard mm-hmm. Stark's involvement, and you just fucked all that up. Yeah, and he compliments her. He's like, I am impressed. I got a building full of agents aren't half as good as you. Like, well, ha- this is amazing. Um, but all three of them are all, they're all three pursuing the angle that she was manipulated and seduced by Howard Stark. That's another layer of Sousa's uh, hurt and anger here, is he thinks that she's romantically involved with Stark. Ugh. Right? Uh, so they're trying to get her to sell Stark out for a deal. Because she's in trouble. Like, she's on the hook for treason right yeah, now. And treason is, is a death, death sentence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and she's like, sure, let's talk about it. I will tell you all you want to know about how you need to go chase Dottie. And they all three get to tell me about this ball. Because they've got the Blitzkrieg ball with Steve Rogers' blood inside it. Yep. And as soon as they start talking about the ball, Peggy shuts up. Yeah, oh, she, she She clams up. She will not talk about it. And they're like, okay, fine. And... They and, keep they're not going. Gonna, and they're not going to fuck with the ball because they don't know what the fuck it can do. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, like there's a button on it. And nobody's pushed it yet. Nope. Uh, and they're like, Peggy, what the fuck? Like, how how do we even they each three uh, have like a different version of uh, I never thought that you could do something like this. And she says, and I loved this sequence. She says, you think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. Snap. Right. To Dooley, she says to you. I'm a stray kitten left on your doorstep to be protected. To Thompson, she says, The secretary turned damsel in distress. And to Sousa, Oh, oh no. Oh. She says, The girl on the pedestal transformed into some daft whore. Ugh. Oh. Goddamn, Peggy. <laughs> She's like, I am here to read you all for filth. Shut up. You all suck at your job. Go find Dottie. You almost had her. She was right next to you when you grabbed me. Yeah. Go get Dottie. Where is she? Yeah, everybody's so, just so everybody's just like so pissed off at each other at this point. Right. You know, there's there's a lot. It's very high emotion, which we you know don't usually see, particularly out of these guys. Or if there is going to be high emotion, Thompson's not the calm one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, and, but he really is. Yeah. During this scene, um, all three of them do ask about the bomb. Chief, the chief specifically asks about the Battle of Finale, mm-hmm. and Peggy is like, I don't know her. Right, exactly. Yeah, you tell me. I don't. I don't know shit about Finale. Do we? Uh, so, question for you. Do we? Yeah. Do we know about Finale? Like, do we get more into oh, that? We will find out about Finale. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. So, she's over and over. She's like, "Will you just go find Dottie? Where's Dottie? Well, where's Dottie, Chris? <laughs> she's at the fanciest fucking baby store I've ever seen in my fucking life. <laughs> like this shit is like it's bougie. It's, it's a, a bougie, bougie Victorian style room. I'm just like, holy shit. Um, right. So Dottie started by a stroller. <laughs> yeah, that's normal, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Except you know, she's a secret agent assassin woman, and right. uh, what does but she want you, with the stroller? Did you notice what she was wearing? I did. The, the Black Widow colors. Uh-huh. That suit looks badass, by the way. Oh, my God. She looks amazing. Now, most women in the 40s are not going to walk around all day in a black suit. Nope. Because black is for funerals. But she pulls this shit off. I think if you're wandering around, you know, New York, you can probably get away with it. Especially yeah. if you look so fucking fashionable like she does. Uh, and she, so she's got, you know, the black pantsuit. She's got the red top underneath it. And there's almost like spider leg white piping on her collar. Oh, yes. God. I love it. I live for this outfit. Anyway, this creepy bitch in an amazing suit is buying a baby carriage. <laughs> 
and the lady is like, "Oh, okay. Um, you uh, do you want me to gift wrap that for you?" And Dottie's like, "No, I just want I want this for me." Yeah. And the lady's like, "Oh, that's interesting. You're not even showing." <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you want a blue blanket or a pink? And Dottie crosses her fingers and goes, "Pink." Like I'm hoping for a girl. Oh, oh God, that's so <laughs> creepy. God, I love her so fucking much. She's so great. Anyway, and we are left to wonder about that because we're back to the SSR. Yeah, well, real quick, she says oh. uh, uh, re- uh, when the retailer was like, "She doesn't look pregnant." Dottie's like, "Well, it's coming sooner than you think." <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, questions unanswered. We're back at the SSR. Um, Thompson is sitting across from Peggy, and he's like, okay, that deal, I'm not offering it. It's off the table. She's like, I wasn't going to take it anyway. (laughs) Oh, yeah, your mom. (laughs) Yeah, but Thompson's like, okay, look, though, any minute now, Dooley's going to send me in here to do what I do to people in this interrogation room. We know what I'm capable of. And then she leans in close and goes, and you know what I'm capable of. And I whipped your ass before, son. I'm going to do it again. And Thompson blinks. Yeah. (laughs) Because she's terrifying. I love her. Yeah, this is a side of Peggy I have not seen yet. Um, It is very terrifying. Like, she gets to dotty levels of insanity to Uh, me. Yeah, it's terrifying and really hot. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yes, yes, (laughs) ma'am. I don't want to say yes, ma'am to a lot of people, but... She she can make me say yes, ma'am. I'll, she, I'll go. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. She can step on my neck. Yeah. Yeah. Please and thank you. Okay, but uh, no beatings are going to be exchanged in the interrogation room this fine day because who has arrived in the phone operator room? Jarvis. Jarvis. What an awkward scene we're about to go into. <laughs> I fucking love it because he's not supposed to be in there. Nope. It's the room full of the women who are pretending to be phone operators, right? right. But they work for the SSR, um, which makes me wonder what they're doing. Like, are they spying? There's, they got to be spying. They got to be like wiretapping people and stuff, right? Um, I think so. And they're probably also passing different communications along different channels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, Rose, we love Rose. Um, we do remember love Rose. Rose from first episode when she let Peggy in. Love Rose. Yeah. Uh, she's like, hi, what are you doing here? She slips her hand under the desk to the gun <laughs> that's strapped gun. there. <laughs> do we get, okay, at some point, does Rose actually bust out that gun and start shooting people? Because I would live for that. Uh, season two Rose is my dream girl. <laughs> I want to be her when I grow up. She's okay, such cool. a badass. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but Jarvis is here for why? Why has Jarvis just strolled into the SSR today? Well, when he's supposed he... to be on the fucking run too. <laughs> well, he says he's there because he had, well, he has a briefcase with him uh-huh. and, uh, and he says he has a confession from Howard Stark. Yeah. Which causes the entire call center to suddenly stop and look over at him. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Rose is like, right, um, you can go upstairs now. <laughs> <laughs> right. So then we get to uh, Peggy, handcuffed Peggy, being walked out of the interrogation room and into the conference room. And she sees Jarvis and her eyes go big. She's like, fuck is he doing here? Yeah, nothing good it can come from this. No. And Jarvis is like, I have a full signed confession from Howard Stark. Okay, well, where's Howard Stark right now? Uh, he is flying over Greenland uh-huh. right now. Uh, but this is his signed confession. It's totally his. His lawyers will do with the exchange. All you have to do is let me and Miss Carter go. Mm-hmm. And you and Howard Stark will deliver himself along with his the, his signed confession. Basically, he's trading. He's saying that Stark is confessing to everything. Um, and Dooley's like, no, 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 no. That's not how this deal is going down. At Dooley's all. not an idiot. Yeah, I think. I think. Oh, I'm. 
well, Dooley's like, I'm not going to let you walk out of here for a piece of paper. And Jarvis is like, oh, a signed piece of paper. <laughs> Jarvis. That's <laughs> not how this it. works, man. <laughs> yeah. And and Dooley's like, no, here's the deal. You two are going to stay here until Howard Stark walks through that door. When yep. I've got Stark in custody, then you two can go free. And And so they shake on it because that's the deal. And then for some fucking reason, Dooley turns to Jarvis and goes, For the record, I find you repulsive. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Where did that come from? Why did we have to do that? Okay, Dooley. People are angry. Yeah, there's there's some emotions. Uh, Speaking of angry, uh, Dooley fucking fires Peggy. Yeah. Like, I thought that was understood, but he had to do it in big, shouty, dramatic style in front of the whole office. Yeah, and that was really uncomfortable. It and, was. And Peggy, Peggy's heart sunk. Even though she knew that was coming, she had to have. Yeah. Well, and Thompson and Sousa, too. Like, obviously, obviously she's not going to work for the SSR anymore, guys. You brought her in for treason, and you've been interrogating her for who knows how long. But they both got this, like, oh, shit, this is real. Yeah. Look, like, nail in the coffin. And I think Thompson looked more upset than Sousa. Yeah, I think Sousa realized what he did yeah. because he was the one that brought her in. Like his his investigation, his mountain of evidence is what has led us to this point right now. He was the only one that figured out what she was doing. Yeah, because he's because he's as smart as he is pretty. <laughs> and both of those are very okay. So, right. uh, <laughs> Dooley fires Peggy. Uh, Peggy and Jarvis are. Uh, put into the conference room. Everybody else gets back to work, yep. uh, and that's where we find out what 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 did Jarvis do? I'm I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> so Peggy and Jarvis oh no are, oh yeah so Peggy and uh, so Peggy and Jarvis are by themselves in the conference room. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So Peggy is uh, Peggy's waxing poetic about this confession. And Jarvis is starting to look really uncertain. <laughs> She's like, I didn't know Howard had the nobility in him. This is such a surprise. And Jarvis is like, I wish I could tug on my ear right now, but I have been taught not to do that. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that, look. That, that was something in my notes was like, he's not tugging his ear right now. Right. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, we're going to just ignore that. It, um, it's almost like that was stupid when it happened in the first place, and we're not doing it again. Right. So, but Jarvis right. does tilt his head, and he just says... Well, <laughs> and Peggy immediately was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what did you do? Oh, no. And Jarvis is like, well, okay, in my defense, I was panicking. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God, Jarvis. So he panicked and he tried to call Howard Stark uh, several times and there was no answer. And then he panicked again. And so, yeah, he faked this whole confession. <laughs> he made the whole goddamn thing up and forged Howard Stark's signature, which I'm Uh sure is not the first time he's had to forge Howard Stark's signature. Let's be real. Well, I have a feeling he probably has forged other things for Howard in the past, too. So, Like what? I don't know. Like, probably, like, breakup letters. (laughs) (laughs) He's very comfortable with lying for Howard Stark, but now he's lying in a way that's that's just getting Howard Stark in more trouble. Uh, And Peggy's like, Oh, fucking what? Why? I, uh, and he's like, I panicked. Do you hear the part where I said I panicked? I panicked. <laughs> this is panic. I couldn't let them just have you in here. He's being such a good friend. He's being very C-3PO right now. Oh my and, God, right. 
And I support him. Um, Is this the part where Peggy says something to him like, we're going to be tried for treason? Have you ever been hanged, Mr. Jarvis? Yes. <laughs> have you ever been hanged, Mr. Jarvis? I can't say that I have, no. Which is quite unpleasant. Which makes me wonder, has Peggy ever been hanged? Probably. I mean, why not? Yeah. Why not? Meanwhile, in Dooley's office, Dooley is on the phone with his wife while Lubchenco stands nearby and listens. What does... Why? Why is he there? You remember remember last episode when Lubchenco was the one who was, like, counseling him to reconcile with his wife? And Dooley's uncomfortable with him hearing this conversation. He kind of, like, turns away and Lubchenco gives him a little space and goes over to the window and stuff. But basically, Dooley is arranging, is, like... Saying to his wife, like, let me, uh, I'll come home for dinner and we'll talk. And like, I just, I miss you and stuff. And it's really sweet. And like, he knows he fucked up. She knows she fucked up. This is a very adult marriage conversation mm-hmm. with a man who just earnestly wants to be able to go home and he misses his wife and his family. And so <sighs> this is where you start worrying for Dooley. Right. This is where I'm like, why, why is his storylines feeling so wrapped up all of a sudden? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very sweet, it's a very sweet moment. Uh, but, you know, uh, Dooley bounces out of there for a second, leaving Ivchenko alone in his office by the window. And from where Peggy and Jarvis are standing in the conference room, they can see Ivchenko tapping out Morse code on the windowsill. Dun, dun, dun. They can see that he's doing the signaling. Peggy writes down the dots and the dashes and then is unflatteringly surprised when Jarvis reads the code over her shoulder. He what he did serve, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he was so in the damn military. Of course he knows. God. Anyway, uh, so what's the message? What's he, what's Ivchenko saying to some mysterious person across the street? Uh, prepare for evacuation in 90 minutes. Yay. Because Leviathan is coming. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. So, okay, shit's getting real. There's an imminent immediate threat. That doctor is a whole ass problem. Yep. So That's, Peggy's yeah, like, so Peggy's like, he's definitely Leviathan. Yeah. Peggy's like, okay, I, I need to, I need to do some shit right now. She needs to get them to trust her. Because they don't trust her. That's why they're not pursuing the Dottie angle. Because they think it's just another lie. So she's like, okay, Chief Dooley, I confess. (laughs) I confess that the confession's not real. Wait, what? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And dude, she sits Dooley and Thompson and Sousa down in the conference room and spills the entire plot of season one up to this point. Literally. Yeah. And they're like, why didn't you tell us about it? What the fuck? And she goes on this whole thing about... How they treated her. Exactly. Susan's like, why didn't you come to one of us, a.k.a. me, about this? And Peggy says, I conducted my own investigation because no one listens to me. I got away with it because no one looks at me. Because unless I have your reports, your coffee, or your lunch, I'm invisible. Exactly. And we see varying degrees of shame on Susan and Thompson's faces. Dooley has none. Dooley's still pissed and he doesn't believe her. Dooley's like, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to believe your word at this point after all the lies you've been spilling. And Peggy's like, well, no, there is another thing I can show you. She shows them what's inside of the bomb. And this is incredibly hard for her. If you watch, if you're watching this scene, y'all, keep an eye on Thompson's face. Yeah. Because as soon as she pulls out the vial of blood, he knows what it is. And he looks so heartbroken. Yeah. He looks heartbroken for her. Mm -hmm. He has this sudden empathy because he has seen 
what she he's seen her mourning he's seen her in the company of men who also served with steve he knows he's had a front row seat to her connection to steve rogers as close as you can get without actually seeing her in the same room as steve rogers so realizing that that is steve rogers blood in that vial thompson was the one who really got it Sousa got it too and Sousa like had a little extra layer of heartbreak there yeah because her face is just a portrait of love and mourning and loss as she's staring at this bottle of blood and they're like why do you why do you have this why did you keep it and she's like well i didn't trust your the government with it and i didn't trust howard stark with it yeah. and i don't know i suppose i just wanted a second chance at keeping him safe <laughs> get the tissues out yeah well i mean she she you know right before that she had to explain to him look uh howard didn't even fucking trust me with this thing he told me that this is right. a complete this is he told me this is a bomb yeah and it wasn't um right so he, he, he spun this whole blitzkrieg button fucking story about it yeah uh to get me to steal it and he didn't tell me what it was so you know she didn't trust him either so yeah yeah so yeah, so Thompson, Sousa, and she and the chief are out in the main office area, and they're debating what just happened. And Sousa's like, "I fucking believe her." Yeah, and Thompson too. Yeah, and and chief is like, "Well, I don't trust her, but I trust you too. I I trust you, Sousa. So you know, let's let's change our plan." <laughs> right, because because Peggy told them about Ivchenko, about seeing him signaling, and tell, told them they've got ninety minutes. Leviathan is coming, and Ivchenko's the enemy. Right. Right. So she told them about that. So Sousa and Thompson are going to go across the street and see who Ivchenko was signaling to. And Dooley's going to go keep an eye on Ivchenko in his office. Yeah, that doesn't work out too well, though. No, the second Dooley walks in the office, he's so fucking tense uh, that Ivchenko knows what's up. And then he tells him to get away from the window. So, yeah, the jig is up on that. Yeah. yeah, no, it's getting chilly in here or whatever. And of course, uh, as Achinko's uh, closing the window, he looks down. He sees the, eight, the a whole qu- squad of agents going into the building. So he's right. not he's not an idiot. Yeah, and like you can pick out Sousa in a crowd with with his crutch. So yeah, obviously <laughs> those are the agents going across. He knows what's up. So he turns around and starts turning his ring at Dooley and being like, "Let's talk about family dinner. Tell me about what you're going to do when you get to family dinner and you must focus." Yes, fo- oh my god, so he's creepy. hypnotizing Dooley. Why why is Leviathan all creepy people? Because they're creepies. They're bad, yeah, I guess they're so. bad guys. They're the bad guys. Um Dooley is trying to resist, yeah. but it's not working. It's not working. Yeah, in the flashback scene, they're in a uh you know, they're at a dinner table because they cook dinner together as a tradition. And there's yeah. a brief, did you see that brief moment where it was like the, the back wall was actually the office because it was to represent that Dooley is mm-hmm. trying to fight it. Mm-hmm. it was, that was, that was super cool. Where he like paused in this fantasy moment of carving the chicken for dinner and looked up to see Ivchenko and was like, you shouldn't be close to the window. And Ivchenko's like, yeah, fuck. <laughs> did you also decide you're going to roast the chicken for dinner after seeing the scene? Cause I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did not, but I may. Um, yeah, right. So, yeah, fucking Dooley is getting hooked into the hypnosis thing. Meanwhile, across the street, uh, Susan Thompson have two red shirt agents with them. Uh, and they send, they dispatch the agents to guard various points in the stairwell. And they're alone in the elevator for a second. And they're like, do you believe Peggy? Yeah, do you? Yeah. I love that scene. <laughs> Which was good. And um, so Thompson's letting Susan off about 
you know, on the floor where they think the person is and Thompson's going to go up and he's like, Hey, Sousa, be careful. And Sousa's like, I can handle myself. You know, he's all touchy because he's the guy with the crutch. Right. I can handle myself. Sousa. I don't doubt that. But after seeing that kid tear through us in Russia, I'd hate to tangle with one that's all grown up. Fuck's sake. <sighs> <laughs> so they are spreading out. They are looking for... Well, he actually, for... Thompson actually says he, uh, shoot the kill. Like, as yeah, soon as you right. see her, shoot her. Oh my god. Well, he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. Uh, but I would like for them to bring her back and, like, have her tell things and exonerate Peggy, please. Can we not kill her? Kill her? Okay, whatever. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, back at the SSR, what's Dooley up to? The chief is totally now mind warped. And he yeah. walks into the uh, uh, conference room and tells Peggy and Jarvis to follow him. Right. And they're like, what's going on? Are we compromised? What's happening? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So so he takes them and puts them in the interrogation room. He pulls out a gun and, yeah. and handcuffs them to the table. Uh, did we actually see him handcuff them? Because I no. didn't. And then later when they're handcuffed to the table, that was a surprise. No, yeah, I I agree, but I fig I figured he restrained him somehow because earlier in the episode, like we saw Peggy handcuffed to the table, so I'm assuming right. they did something. We just similar. have to we just have to assume that it happened. Yeah. Um. So he, you know, he he forces them in there. He locks them in, snaps the key off in the lock, which yeah, locks that, them in the interrogation. Yeah, room. which will make the lock inoperable at that point. Yeah, that yeah. that door is done. That's wall now. I love that and, so much because that's like a classic noir. Yeah. Thing to do. Yeah. By the way, have you ever snapped a key off in a lock? Accidentally. Right. It fucking sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I've uh I've never done it on purpose. I've done it accidentally a couple of times and it fucking blows. That lock is just scrapped now. Mm-hmm. Like unless unless you're a locksmith of some kind, I guess you have some sort of expertise, which I do not have. Um So uh story time, sidebar. Oh shit. <laughs> Give it to me, baby. Uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, in, high, <laughs> in high school, I was uh, dating this guy uh-huh. briefly, uh, and he was not out. Um, oh, no. But his parents, for some reason, always went to bed early. So he thought it was going to be safe to sneak me in the back door of this oh. very old house. Uh-huh. Um, but for some... Uh, so I opened the gate, and they, he had this big-ass fucking dog. It never barked, but it always ran out the fucking gate. So naturally, mm-hmm. I open the gate, and the dog runs out. So he has to go run out and get it. And he's just like, just go unlock the door. And he threw oh, me his key. No. Mm-hmm. So I go up. I put the key in. I turned <laughs> it the wrong way, and it fucking broke. <laughs> now you've locked him and you out of the house? Correct. <laughs> and he's freaking out. He's like, oh, my God. What if I'm not, you know, I need to, what if my mom wakes up in the middle of the night, checks on me in the bedroom, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, uh, that sounds terrible. Um, can we just fuck in the backyard? I was about to say, like, <laughs> now you have extra privacy. Right. <laughs> They're not going to hear you in the house now. <laughs> so just bang that out real quick, and then he can go knock on his parents' window to get them to let him back in. Right. Yeah. So is that what you did? Exactly what we did. There you go. Yeah. See? Great minds. Okay. <laughs> it was a very so. uncomfortable 15 minutes for him, though. <laughs> <laughs> for multiple reasons. Okay. 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 Who so? Uh, Dooley has. <laughs> hey, you uh, didn't have to bleep anything out with that story. I did not. Did not. All right. So, uh, Dooley has locked Peggy and Jarvis in the interrogation room. They are screaming at him, uh, but he steps out in the hallway. Another agent looks over and he's like, "Nah, they're they're just they're fine. They're pissed. Whatever." 
because, uh-huh. you know, criminals. Ha-ha. Um, and then my next line in my notes is just all caps, Dottie and Souza, oh no. Oh, no, I know. I was, I, I, if it wasn't for the fact I, I saw some spoilers, I know for a fact Souza's in season two. <laughs> I would have thought this would have been the end of Souza. Right. Because Dottie and Souza are on the same floor and they are aware of each other. Like Dottie pokes her head out of the office, sees him, ducks back in, but he looks over and again, a classic noir moment. He sees the shadow of her profile and the glass on the door. Yep. That was really cool. That was super um, cool. But now they're stalking each other on this floor of this building. And I can't handle it. Meanwhile, I know. Meanwhile, back at the SSR, we're cutting <laughs> quick. We're bouncing back and forth. There's so uh, ma- I, this is, again, it's so hard to keep track of everything, Steph, just because my notes are like, back at the SSR, in a dentist's right. office, back in the SSR. Right. Right. Exactly. But I feel like, I mean, the last time that they really chopped up an episode like this, it was stupid. It was like right. five seconds here, 10 seconds here. It was unnecessary. It was uh, condescending to the audience. Like, you don't have an attention span. Bounce, 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 bounce. Right. But this is necessary because it's a simultaneous action. Well, it's building tension. Yeah. You know, you know Dottie but- and Souza are stalking each other in this building while... Dooley and Ivchenko are going and kicking the scientists out of the lab at the SSR. Everything's happening at the same time. Right, right. So and we have it, to it, cut back and forth. Yeah, and it, 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 it does such a good job. That's why I laughed when I was like, this is such, this is like Blacklist. This is Blacklist, <laughs> yeah. Y'all, the Blacklist is such a good show. That's going to be our next podcast, isn't it? Fuck. Um, uh, that's not a bad idea. It's shut up. <laughs> 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 anyway, um... So, uh, yeah, Dooley and Ivchenko have kicked all of the scientists out of the SSR lab. Right. Because Dooley came in and he just swung his cheap dick around and cleared everybody out of the room, <laughs> right? And Dr. Ivchenko's like, very good. Yes, we need to find item 17. What the fuck is item 17? Do you know? Don't know. Okay. Don't know. Uh, so they're, they're looking around. I mean, I know, but only because I've watched the show before. Right. But item 17. They need to look for it. Dooley's looking around for it. The doc finds this weird sort of flak vest looking thing. Yep. Uh, uh, ding on the Stark Tech bullshit counter. Oh, yeah. No, this is a very serious ding on the Stark Tech bullshit counter. We have two very serious dings, but we yeah. will get to the second one. Oh, shit. Okay. So he finds this flak vest looking thing and he's like, ooh, I'm going to hold on to this. Okay. Yeah, the doctor says, I've heard of this thing before. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. How, why have about you heard it? of that before? What why? is it? Why am I terrified of it? It right. just looks like a vest. What's happening? It's like a life jacket. <laughs> what is happening? Um, but Dooley finds item 17. And Dr. Chinko's like, awesome, let's go. Meanwhile, back on the in the building across oh the street, my God. Dottie and Souza are having a fight. Yeah, they get into it. Oh, oh, oh. oh my God. And Dottie's kicking his ass because, yep, easily. because of course course she is but he she knocks the gun out of his hand uh and they they exchange blows for a little bit she's kicking his ass but he manages to get the gun back and then she's like i'm gonna better part of valor this and she bounces yeah she goes to the stairwell yep (sighs) and she does the coolest shit ever it is 10 stories up Mm -hmm. she full-on black widow bouncy bouncy bouncies down the banister all the way down the stairwell she is on the bottom floor in seconds and she sure does land in a full-on black widow superhero landing pose giving us our first ding on the superhero landing counter of agent carter i would also like to add a new counter oh uh doing crazy shit in a stairwell counter (laughs) 
<laughs> that's legit. Yeah. That's legit. We're gonna need that. Okay. Yeah, we have for 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 lots because it reminded me of like God, like like five different movies popped in my head when I saw that scene. Hold on, I'm making a note. Crazy shit in a stairwell counter. Yeah, that's gonna happen. I specifically what popped into my head was uh, the fighting in the stairwell on um, on the ship at the beginning of Winter Soldier. Yeah, 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 that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's gonna there was happen. One a lot. in Civil War. There was one yeah. in yeah, yeah, for sure. It's gonna be fantastic. Okay, uh, so yeah, we've got our our superhero landing. We've got our crazy shit on a stairwell, and uh, Donnie lands right in front of one of the nameless red shirt agents, and she just smiles at him like, yeah. "Oh, poor bastard." Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> yeah that's it for him yeah meanwhile Dooley is walking dr ivchenko out of the office isn't it nice isn't that sweet of him takes him to the elevator Dooley is carrying a briefcase which we presume which presumably has item 17 in it right uh wh- while the doc is carrying the flak vest life jacket looking thing okay yeah uh and then the doctor's like, okay, well, give me the package. And Dooley, for a second, tries to hold on to it. I feel like I should keep this. <laughs> Just focus. We don't have much further to go. He's trying to fight it. He's trying. He He's trying so hard. Oh, God. And so he takes the case from Dooley, hands him the vest thing, and says, you know what you need to do. And he's out the elevator. He's gone. Ugh. What does he need to do? What is happening? We'll get there in a second. Oh, God. Okay. And so then, uh, so we briefly go back to the dentist building where we see a shot of the dead agent. Dottie has murdered him. He's either dead or knocked out cold. But because it's Dottie, I think we have to assume dead. Yeah. I think because yeah. well, there was blood coming out. It, it looked like he got shot. According it, to my notes. It, it looked like a, a blow to the head to me, but whatever. She obviously she killed him. I don't think she knows how to pull her punches. I don't think I don't think she wants to. I think she's a stone cold killer. Yeah. Uh, and I think she likes it. Yep. So there's also that. Um, and then uh, she pulls up in a car uh, in front of the SSR building where Ivchenko is calmly walking out to the car. Yep. And she's all we've been compromised. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I know, it's cool. I don't care, and, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, okay, so then do we move to the next phase? And he's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. No, we gotta, do, we gotta test this out first. Yeah, test, test what? Test what? What? What are, are you, you gonna doing? test? What are you fucking doing? What is happening? Okay. <sighs> they drive away. They get away clean. Okay. Back inside the SSR. I love this scene. <laughs> in the interrogation room, this entire sequence is a ding on a counter we haven't used on this show yet, but we have used on Dark Side Divas for Star Wars. The bad timing witty banter counter. Oh, yes. I agree. Because, guys, you are handcuffed to a wooden table. You're locked in an interrogation room. Y'all got 90 minutes before Leviathan is coming. Can we not witty banter back and forth? But okay. So they're locked in there, but they know there's a mirror in the room. Mm -hmm. And so Peggy's like, what would you say if we were to use this table as a battering ram to break that mirror? Mm -hmm. And Jarvis is like, awesome, let's do it. And then they have to like, they're on the same chain. So they have to kind of like figure out how to maneuver around the table (laughs) so they can get to either side of it. And and Peggy's like, okay, one, two. And Jarvis goes, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) What if there are people behind the mirror? (laughs) <laughs> and she says, they might get hurt. There will be a spray of glass. Right. Okay. Okay. One, two. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. 
What if what if those people have guns? <laughs> she says, then we may get hurt. There will be a spray of bullets. <laughs> I love that. One, two, three. Ha ha. They break the mirror. There's nobody there. And Peggy's like, oh, that's awesome. You know what I've just realized? We're still attached to the fucking table. <laughs> exactly. Does like, this not feel like something you and I have done in a fucking D&D game? <laughs> uh, multiple vampire LARPs. Yes. This is exactly something that we have done many times. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> Damn it. And I'm going to give this table a half a ding on the impromptu weaponry counter uh, because she's not using it as a weapon against a person, but who the hell battering rams a mirror with a table? Oh, shit. Speaking of which, I forgot to give another ding. Uh, oh. Souza does kick a trash can towards Dottie in the hallway. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. He gets one too. Good yeah. job. Yeah. Good job, Souza. Congratulations on everything, especially your face. <laughs> God, I love him. Okay, so uh, then, then Thompson suddenly walks into the uh, other side of the interrogation room that they just busted into, and he's like, "The hell what is the going fuck are you on?" Doing? Yeah. <laughs> and Peggy's like, "Where is Chief Dooley?" Well, where is Chief Dooley? He is at home with his family. Obviously, he just arrived. Yeah. So, yeah. I do have a complaint about this scene. Hmm. Because they use the same camera filters of the flashback. Yeah. I knew immediately this was not real. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's a little it's a little dreamy. Yeah. So, it it was obviously not like he obviously didn't leave the office and go home. Yeah. Uh but he, they they try to act like the they shoot it like he is actually home. He's, you know, scolding. Well, he's not scolding. He's warning his son about painting. On top of the ca- uh, table, his mother's going to kill him if he does something to the table, yada, yada. Yeah, Wife- it's really it's really sweet, like, fucking Leave it to Beaver stuff, you know? It's, yeah. Uh, it's so sad. heartwarming and sad. And his wife is like, what are you doing home early? I thought you were coming to dinner later. And he's like, I just <sighs> had to see you. I just, and, you know, and they, they hug and kiss it out. And it's the sweetest thing. And his son is, like, building a birdhouse or something. And he starts tap, tap, tapping it with a hammer. And then that hammering turns into the knocking on his locked office door. Dooley never left the office. Nope. And he's wearing the vest. He's wearing, and it's glowing. Glowing red. Yep. Uh, what? So he comes out of his office and, like, there's a whole ass crowd. They have clearly been trying to get him to wake up for a while. I'm not sure why we didn't battering ram through the glass on his door. Yeah, a, a friend of mine theorized that maybe the, this glass is bulletproof, but I was like, Ooh. but, but why, why would his office be bulletproof and none of the other? Because he's the chief. Right, okay. Which is why the window would need to be open to be able to snipe him through it. Uh, yeah, ah. let's cannon. Let's, we'll go right, with that. Right. We'll go with that. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's a head cannon accepted. All right. Um, so he comes out of the office in his glowing vest. Jarvis Im- immediately recognizes it. Yeah, he looks like he's seen a ghost. Yeah, he's like, okay, if everybody could very calmly step away, Miss Carter, if you could step away, we could and, all back up. Probably leave the building. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you have any information on this particular piece of Stark Tech bullshit? I do not. I just know it's Stark Tech bullshit. Okay, uh, so it's a heat vest, <laughs> according to uh, the the Marvel Wikipedia, which doesn't tell us anything that Jarvis doesn't tell us in this scene. Right. It um, was. I know it was developed specifically for you know fighting war in Eastern Europe because that shit's fucking cold at most right. t- most points of the year, and it has a unstable energy source and a special. It's made of a special alloy that Stark himself created. Thanks, Howard. Yeah. Thank you. And so here's the thing. Jarvis tells them, like, once the clasps have been locked, the, the, the vest locks in place because it completes the circuit for the 
inexhaustible power source, which is unfortunately extremely unstable. And so um, the flaw with this device is that it will explode. And there's nothing we can do about that. Yeah. And here's my question, okay? Because I'm looking at this vest, and it is just a vest. It just goes around his chest and over his shoulders. His arms are free. Right. It, it's a little big on him because Shea Wiggum's not a huge guy. <laughs> right? And and it's not like it's got a latch that goes between his legs or anything. Why can't he just shimmy out the bottom of this thing? I had the exact same note. Thank I was like, you. why don't you just put your arms up and have a group of people just pull that shit off? The only thing I can think of is they're they're treating it like the wiring on this thing is super delicate, right? Like it's right. like if you fuck with it, if you if you look at him too hard, it's gonna go. Yeah, that's the I'd only a, thing. I don't know. Go to the fucking roof and try it. But like one person could have said one line of, "Can he just wiggle out the bottom of it?" And then somebody could have said, "No, no, no. If you wiggle too much, you're gonna set it off." Right. And that would have explained it. But okay, okay. <sighs> we okay. can't think of everything. <laughs> meanwhile, across the street, because we're still meanwhiling across the street, uh, Souza is still searching around uh, for all of Dottie's shit on that floor. And he finds the dead dentist who yeah. has just been sitting there in the chair rotting. Dottie with, has with been flies hanging out. everywhere. Yeah. Fucking gross. Dottie's been hanging out with this corpse for who knows how long. Yeah, she didn't care. Nope. She, she's been in worse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he finds uh, Dottie's sniper rifle case. Yay. Along with two the two messages that she, where she wrote down the message that she got from across the street. And he sees that one of those notes is new directive kill Peggy Carter. So he if he didn't believe 100% before, he damn well does now. Yeah, for sure. Okay. But he's poking around in the dentist's office while everything's going on with Dooley back across the street. Uh, we uh, learn, by the way, that the pattern of the light in the vet is vest is starting to change, that we are in what Jarvis refers to as the final stages. Somewhat ominous. Yeah. And the, the lab rat guy is like, I can't fucking do anything about this. Or, yeah, and I, you can actually I don't know see- what to do. We don't know what to do. Nobody knows what to do. And Dooley's skin is starting to sear. Yeah, like, it's starting to burn his skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so nobody knows what to do. And Dooley says, I know what to do. Come here, Thompson, help me up. And so that gets Thompson in close so that he can grab Thompson's gun. And use that to keep everybody away from him. Yeah. And he tells Thompson. Tell him what. <laughs> Tell him I'm sorry. I missed it. God damn it. I, <laughs> I have spent... Full 50% of my time with this character for the last seven episodes now, hating, hating him. him. Right? I know. I've God, ugh. don't give me this where I am like weeping over this fucking guy. But I am. It's so heartbreaking, especially when he looks at Peggy, the only one that he trusts to do this now. He looks at her and he makes her promise. Promise me you'll get the son of a bitch who did this. Say it. We'll catch Better girl. Oh my god. Because he finally came around. He finally, he realizes that she's the fucking one. She's the one that's going to make it happen. And then he turns and he using, he runs and fires his gun at one of the windows out to the street to yep. crack the glass so he can fling himself through it. And then he explodes in midair. In midair. 
Souza across the street is looking out the window. He sees his chief fling himself out the window and blow up. Yeah, that's fucked up. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. And I feel like the level of panic at the street level was insufficient. Because not a lot of explosions in New York in 1946, I wouldn't think. Yeah, no, this is long before Avengers, so, you know, New York doesn't have a lot of fucked up shit happening to it all the time yet. Yeah. That happens Uh, after. (laughs) Is this just like a New York blasé thing where they don't care about anything? I mean, unfortunately, Uh, yeah, there's there's that. Anyway, R.I.P. Chief Dooley. Yeah, God, what a fucking way to go. Yeah. Oh, my God. And unfortunately, everybody knows now that there is an SSR <laughs> office there. Yeah. Oh, by or, the way, no, they'll they'll spin some kind of lie about it. They'll be like, no, it's Swamp Gas. Y'all fuck off now. It's Swamp Gas. Uh, yeah. Just whatever. It was, uh, it was the Aurora Borealis. We flung an exploding pig out the window. <laughs> oh, uh... I don't know what kind of story. I don't know what kind of story you would you would you would make. But we've been calling Dooley a pig for the last like six podcasts. Oh, that was not. Um, oh my gosh. Well, well. Anyway, we can move on. Best accidental joke ever. Okay, so meanwhile, they're in the aftermath of the explosion in the office. Um, a lot of guys got real fucking hurt. Yeah, because glass shattering everywhere. Yeah, this explosion took out all of the windows on the tenth floor of this right. building, and and above and below, it was a big goddamn explosion. So you see, guys are bandaging each other and stuff, and uh, Peggy is leaned against a desk, heavily blaming herself for all of this because she's the one who invited Ivchenko to come back to New York. Yep. She blames herself because that's the thing. Before Dooley went, he warned them: "Do not let Ivchenko talk to you. Yeah, don't let him do it." He will get inside your head. So she blames herself now. And Jarvis, in a rare moment of fury, says, no, this isn't your fault. This is Mr. Stark's fault for inventing bullshit. Uh, Yep, I agree. Yeah, no, that's accurate, too. Actually, I think it's everybody's fault. <laughs> All of you. <laughs> All right. Well, there was a, I mean, a long list of comedy of errors, ultimately. Yeah, right? a, a tragedy of errors. Tra- right? Yeah, tragedy of errors, I guess, in this case. Um, And then... Uh, Sousa comes back and he's like, what the hell happened? And they tell him and, uh, they're like, hold on. I can't remember who one of them realizes. Wait a second. He oh. said that the doc took something from the lab. Uh, it was Peggy. Okay. Uh, and then of course she immediately jumps to, he took Steve's blood. Yeah. Oh shit. I'm sure he would have if he knew it was if there. If he knew it was there. Yeah. yeah. If he knew that's what it was. Um, so they all troop down to the lab, but, and there's the Blitzkrieg ball. She hits the button, opens it, the blood's there, it's fine. Thank God. Oh shit, what did he take? Yep. So they start tearing apart the lab to find out, find what it is, and uh, one of them finds the crate for item 17 is empty. And so they're like, fucking Jarvis, what's item 17? And Jarvis has no idea. Yeah. Because he didn't, he didn't categorize the boxes. <laughs> yeah, like why, why are we turning to him and not to the eggheads who categorized all of these items? But okay. Yeah. Uh, so they don't know. They don't know what he took. Dun, dun, dun. Meanwhile, Dottie's at the movies. <laughs> so I was trying to find out where, what movie theater this was at. Because it's right. clearly not a set. It's a real movie theater. Yeah, that's and, an actual movie theater. Yeah, and I think I think it's the Chinese movie theater, but I could be wrong. But it's definitely... It looks 
fucking dope, man. I mean, it's so pretty in there. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's one of the Hollywood movie theaters. It's either it's either the Chinese movie theater or the Pandages or something like that. But it's definitely mm-hmm. like that is that is the L.A. theater aesthetic. If you go to a a fancy Broadway style show, a play mm-hmm. or something like that, that's the kind of setting you're going to walk into. And I, that's so what I love pretty. about L.A. It's it's one of those old uh, those old movie theaters where they didn't change anything because it was so fucking gorgeous from from the classic era. So yeah, it's so pretty. Uh, but yeah, she uh, she wheels her little baby carriage into the movie theater just as they're about to start the show, and some asshole's like, "Oh great, a baby's in here." Okay, first of all, that asshole's me. <laughs> okay, speaking as speaking as a mom. I never took my fucking babies to movies. Absolutely right. not. No. But, I mean, we got to see movies, right? Like... I mean, there's a reason not why... Not everybody has a babysitter. I, I feel that. There's a reason why when I did go to movie theaters, it's been a long time, um, it's after 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, usually I go to see rated R movies, and it never fucking fails to see somebody bring a toddler or a little young kid with them. Every right. fucking time. And I'm like, why? Because people have bad boundaries. Anyway, yeah. I'm not judging. We don't I'm, mom shame here. Oh, I, I no, I don't mom shame at all. I, um, I, uh, I don't know. I bad, I bad parent shame. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there's the asshole. But then there's another nice little old, older lady who's like, don't listen to him, dear. And oh, and Dottie's like, uh-huh. Anyway, oh, thank she you leans- so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the lights are coming down in the theater, she leans over the baby carriage, pulls back the soft, adorable pink blanket to reveal uh, a, ga- a canister, a gas canister of some kind, a propane tank. What's going on? Sure. What is that? She- a fire. And she she covers her mouth with a handkerchief. And she uh, pretends to sneeze or something before. Yeah. It- which to cover funny. why she's got a hanky over her nose, covers her mouth with a handkerchief, turns the nozzle on the gas canister, walks out and leaves the baby carriage there in the middle of the movie theater. And then she walks out, barricades the door. The doctor is waiting for her outside of the movie theater. And then they walk right. out. And they leave. And they they say something like, you know, how do we know? And he's like, just give it a minute. Well, and no, he's, Well, he says, I have great faith in Mr. Stark's inventions. There you go. Ugh. So a little while... Uh, is this when? Yeah, okay. Hmm. The next line in my notes is all caps movie theater slaughter time. Yeah. Because goddamn, the people in the movie theater start coughing a little bit. Like <laughs> But then the cough spreads rapidly through the crowd, as does the rage and the violence. Wow. These people jump at all of them. The the asshole guy, the couple that was necking in the back of the theater, the little old lady. Everybody in this theater jumps to their feet and starts ripping each other apart and beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. It's one of the most brutal things I've seen. Certainly on an ABC show, certainly on a Marvel show up to this point. Like, what is yeah, happening? Th- th- yeah, this is in the top five most brutal things I've ever seen in an MCU. It's- Easily. It's in fucking tense because these are, this is not, these aren't bad guys. These are civilians. Yeah, these, these are, are just people. people. And, and something in that gas, presumably, has set them off and made them beat each other. We find out when an usher brings a couple of latecomers to the show later and unbarricades the door and opens it, they beat each other to death. What was Stark fucking doing making this? Right. Good question. What the fuck, Howard? Like, 
My God, oh, man. My God. So yeah, our final shot <laughs> of this episode is the camera panning up from the pile of bloodied bodies yeah. uh, to the movie theater usher letting loose a properly blood-curdling horror movie scream. And that's the end of the episode. That's what? The episode. Da, da, what? Da, da, da. That is so. It, jazz hands, everybody. Bloody bare knuckle jazz hands. And oh this, my this god! This concludes our episode of the Blacklist MCU. <laughs> what the fuck? I was shocked. I, I was. Com- we got another episode. Well, it, I, is it as brutal as this? Because I don't damn. remember. I don't remember. <laughs> Do we have exploding agents and people beating the shit out of each other to death? It was, this was high drama. This was, this was high body count. Yeah. This, this was like, remember, remember back at the beginning of this season when it was just like, oh, look what Peggy's wearing to work. I know. I know. <laughs> and now they, what this episode did ultimately was raise the stakes because now. Oh my God. Now we have, uh, Howard Stark, uh, hate gas that, what Leviathan's going to inflict on an American city or put it in the water? Like what? Are, what's going to happen? Like I guess like they've know. got a chemical weapon, a truly awful chemical weapon. Yeah. Holy shit! What are they going to do with it? Fuck I it. don't know. <laughs> oh my god! And I truly, actually, don't remember. I don't. <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> since I've watched the last episode of the season. So yeah, holy shit. So what'd you think? What are your final thoughts? Uh, I don't think I. I, I Decent episode. I don't think I'm going to watch this again if I ever rewatch this episode, this series. Because yeah. goddamn, it's that's why I think I don't really remember the next episode because this sequence of Dooley blowing up and the people in the movie theater mauling each other to pieces kind of kind of blacks out anything that comes after it in my memory. Yeah, for how the season ends. So we'll see if the if the season finale can hold up to this. Um, yeah, yeah. So this I found an intense. old I found an old article from AV Club uh, where it reviewed this episode, and it says, "While this is one of the better episodes of the series, I openly question whether it's going to be received well by audiences." And in fact, it was not. Oh, yeah. Uh, one sec, I got numbers. Oh, get you some numbers, baby. Yeah, so Snafu was uh, had a four point one rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, the finale has a three point nine rating, so it's a big that's it's a big big drop. Oh no! Yeah. Yikes! Yeah. So uh, decent episode. Uh, I, think I liked I, it. I liked, I, it, I liked a lot. it a lot, but I don't know. I feel like an MCU show is going to be a family show. I would not let my kids watch. I would not let my kids watch this. I think. I think. Yeah. Like this was a step up in the maturity rating on this episode. I can't recall if at the time that it was being aired, if it came with like a TVMA. Yeah. Uh, anything at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, I like the episode. I just. I. I don't know. It, it again. The inconsistency. I think Agent Carter is a family show, and this would have. This would have gotten me to not watch it with the kids around ever again because I couldn't. I couldn't take the risk. So. I feel like uh, you're a pansy for a parent, but <laughs> well, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking about the eight and seven year olds in my life. You know? Oh yeah, no, but yeah. like this was at a later. This wasn't. This wasn't at eight and seven year olds watching TV time. This didn't come on then. I'm, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Is what time did it come on? I mean, regardless, I I believe that I streamed it. So, watch yeah, it whenever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you but, watch it whenever, of course. Yeah, but I mean, you got to think. We as a as a 
society and as an American society, much more, we, we have a much easier time letting our children watch violence than we do, uh, letting them watch sex. Right. So there was, there's nothing has been overtly sexual. True. Uh, in the show up to this point, it's been very flirty. But there's been no like nipples or anything. <laughs> More's the pity. Um, I know, right? So like the you know we've seen some ladies in in their negligee, but it's a fully covered situation. So like meh. Um, so yeah, we don't yeah, get a, I, we don't get a Sousa Thompson shower scene, a la Starship Troopers. Oh my god, wouldn't that be amazing? Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, I'm back. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> So no, I mean, and also the the violence in the movie theater it was it was in a darkened movie theater. Yeah, so I mean, it, it wasn't, wasn't overt. Like if that yeah. if this if this was blacklist, we would be seeing that old lady would have like tore somebody's head off, and we would have seen yeah. the whole fucking thing. Yeah, no, the, for sure. the somebody would have kicked the emergency lights on so that we could see what was going on. Like exactly. it would have been it would have been as garish as possible. So like I think I feel like they did it as tastefully as they could. Um, and it's not like we saw pieces of Dooley being flung across, you know, Fifth Avenue or anything. Oh my god, like his but... arm goes flying on the Susan's face. Right. Susan's <laughs> <laughs> so ear just pushed right on his face. No, but, that didn't happen. By the way, y'all, I'm very damaged. I watched uh, Nightmare Event oh on god. Elm Street when I was like three years old. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, that shit gets yeah. baked in your clay. What's yeah. up, Gen X? Okay. So, um,. So yeah, I feel like this. I mean, I I would have let my kids watch it. They would have been ho hum about it. Yeah, because uh, because you know American audiences will let our kids watch violence a hundred times uh, before we'll let them watch somebody get a little smoochy and a little above the shirt action. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're right. So you're right. Uh, so I think it's just shocking to us because we got comfortable with the level of violence in this, which there's been plenty. Oh, there's yeah. been plenty of just the brawling and people dying and stuff, but it's been relatively bloodless up till now. Right. So this was shocking to us. I don't think kids would give a shit. <laughs> I don't think mine wouldn't. Well, I mean, apparently not. Apparently I have relatives, uh, uh, children uh, that watch Rick and Morty. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. That's no, I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah, <laughs> but that's because like existential crisis. Like I feel like that just gives your kids a complex. Anyway, right? Ugh, like I, I feel like my mental health <laughs> has has contagion issues from watching Rick and Morty's. Why I don't watch it. So maybe we don't do that. I, that show is fucking viral. I love that show. <laughs> I, of course you do. Of course I do because I'm broken. Yeah. Well, and also because it's the invader invader zim of grown up entertainment. It, it, that's exactly correct. There you go. Okay, so I think we've exhausted everything we can possibly say about this episode at this point. Yes. All right, so then I guess uh, next time we are going to be talking about the season finale of season one of Agent Carter. Unbelievable. Already. Already. I know. Uh, Which will be season uh, season Carter, really? Season (sighs) Carter. (laughs) I'll come in in again. It'll be Agent Carter, season one, episode eight, Valediction. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh. Okay. Uh, so I think that's it for today. That's what we're going to do next time. Uh, we're ready to outro. Yay. Yeah? I'm ready. Hey. All right. Uh, so, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate that a whole bunch. Uh, if you would like to hang out with us in between episodes, uh, you absolutely can. We are a little too available online. You can find us on all the social medias. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as at Marvelous underscore Divas. 
except, except Facebook, for, yeah. which is where it's at the Marvelous Divas because I have an enemy on Facebook took my name. That's before come up I every even episode. knew. I was that should be a counter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, also, also, everybody, you can find our, uh, if you haven't already, you can find our podcast on pretty much every single podcast platform. Please subscribe. If you use a podcast mm-hmm. platform that lets you review us, please leave a review. We'll read it on the air as long as you give us, like, a, a good review. Well, I mean, a five-star review. If you talk shit to us and still give us a five-star <laughs> five stars, we'll probably still read it. But yeah, Absolutely. Please, but please leave a review, subscribe, tell your friends Fuck, about I'll us. Print we, it and frame it. I'll put it on the wall. I'll put it on the wall. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, uh, tell your friends about us, and that's it. Okay. All right. We're done. We're done. Goodbye. Okay. Goodbye. So, all right, if somebody does finally take us up on the offer and give us a really shitty review, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, with five stars, we need to print that out and put that on merch. <laughs> that, that needs to be that needs to be coffee mugs. That needs to be stickers. That needs to be t-shirts. Absolutely. Well, we got like. Me? We got those old ones uh, way back on uh, early DSD days where we had, like, Why You So Stupid? And they misspelled right. stupid. Well, and I've got the collection of uh, lovely things that men have said to me uh, oh, in the comments yes. on TikTok. Um, that I turned them into Lisa Frank-style posters, but we can't do that. Because <laughs> I don't want to get sued by Lisa Frank. But, uh, yeah, we can do something like that. I'm just, you know, just, just throw that out there as we start contemplating merch ideas. Absolutely. I, would I love, to, love that idea. I would love five stars. Why this bitch so stupid on a mug? <laughs> that would be amazing. Why are there women in MCCU? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why women gotta talk? Keep nerdy. <laughs> keep women out of nerd spaces. They don't belong. That's I've never hilarious. known the touch of a woman. I'll put that on a mug too. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Ship it.